everyone, my name is Nikki Young, and this is Serial Napper, an international true crime podcast. I'm back with another true crime story to lull you to sleep, or perhaps to give you nightmares. He was a young geologist, incredibly smart and ambitious with a passion for adventure. On June 23, 2021, 24-year-old Daniel Robinson was enjoying his dream job, working for an engineering company at a remote job site in an Arizona desert. It was raining that morning, so he and his co-worker would have to wait for the weather to clear up before they could get started. For some unknown reason, Daniel decided not to wait. He got into his 2017 blue-gray Jeep Renegade, and he took off never to be seen again. About a month later, his vehicle would be found wrecked in a ravine, only a few miles away from his worksite. Also found at the scene was his wallet, his laptop, cell phone, a whole case of bottled water, but no sign of Daniel. The police would conclude this to be a missing persons case, nothing criminal, But after hiring a vehicle collision expert who reported the Jeep had been moved after the crash, Daniel's father says that he believes a crime may have occurred. It has been over two years since Daniel drove out into the desert, never to return, and his family says that there is cause to have his missing persons case turned into a criminal investigation. So let's jump right in. Daniel Robinson was born on January 14, 1997, into a really close-knit family that included his mother and father, three sisters, and an older brother. He came into this world with a birth defect, born missing his right hand and part of his forearm, but that never seemed to stop him from accomplishing the things that he wanted to do. He did just fine playing football in school and learning how to play the trumpet. His parents never treated him any differently than his other siblings, so he grew up learning to do everything that anyone else could do, just in a different way. His disability never slowed him down. Daniel has been described as a happy kid with a passion for life and adventure. Truly, one of the first things that I noticed about him when I was looking into this case was his gorgeous smile. When people say that he lit up a room with his smile, they really must be talking about Daniel. Beyond his handsome looks, he was really, really smart. It started with a beloved rock collection, and then it turned into a career of a lifetime, with Daniel graduating from college and becoming a geologist. Shortly after finishing his schooling, he was hired by Matrix New World Engineering to work with them as a field geologist in Phoenix, Arizona. In this role, he'd be working at various remote sites in the desert. It was the perfect opportunity for Daniel because it combined his love of rocks with his passion for the outdoors. His family would say that he was really happy with how his life was turning out. They knew this because they all stayed really close. They all stayed in contact. His sister lived in the same city as he did. And even though his parents lived in another state, they stayed in close communication through weekly chats. On January 23rd, 2021, Daniel was going to be spending the morning doing field work in the desert with another co-worker named Kenneth. He arrived at the job site at around 9am, and unfortunately, it was raining, so they had to wait for the weather to clear up before they could get started. 
This was the first time that Daniel and Kenneth had met and worked together, but Kenneth would later say that Daniel was acting kind of strange. He was saying things that didn't really make any sense. For example, they still had a whole day of work ahead of them, but Daniel kept asking Kenneth if he wanted to go home and if he wanted to go back to Phoenix and rest. When Kenneth said no, Daniel simply got into his Jeep and left the work site. Oddly enough, he didn't take the same roadway that he had taken to get to the site. He drove off in the complete opposite direction without giving any indication of where he was going. The way he was heading wasn't the way to get out of the desert. So he was basically heading to the middle of nowhere except more vast desert. When Daniel never returned to the site that day, Kenneth contacted the project manager to let him know. And that's when his work began trying to find out where he was. He had missed an entire day of work, and no one had seen him since he had taken off earlier that morning. He also wasn't responding to any phone calls or text messages. Kenneth had attempted to try to go and find him near the worksite by getting in his own vehicle and heading in the same direction, but he had no luck in finding him. Daniel's behavior was unusual and not at all typical for him. His workplace, they began to call his family to find out if maybe they had heard from him, but they had not. Daniel's sister drove over to his apartment and noted that the door was locked, the lights were off, and the Jeep wasn't in the parking lot. Daniel clearly had not come home. And that is when a missing persons report was filed by Daniel's father, David. A search was conducted in the area where Daniel was last seen and in the direction that he drove off in. This is an area where you never want to find yourself lost. The temperatures can get extremely hot, reaching as high as 100 degrees Fahrenheit or 37 degrees Celsius for about a third of the year. Beyond the heat, there are poisonous rattlesnakes, rugged, rocky terrain, and just miles and miles of nothingness. So, after hours of looking for any clues as to what may have happened to Daniel, investigators had to call it a day before nightfall made the search difficult and dangerous. Without any real leads to go on, the police tell Daniel's father David that he should try checking his son's social media pages just to see if anything has popped up. When David goes to Daniel's Instagram the day following his disappearance, he sees something very strange. All of Daniel's Instagram photos had been deleted. All that remained was an empty profile. And they knew that just a few days prior, the Instagram was active and did have photos on it. So did Daniel delete all of his photos around the time of his disappearance? Or did someone else do this? This wasn't the only strange piece of information that would be revealed in the days following Daniel's disappearance. Through speaking with his friends and his family, the police learned that recently, Daniel had met a young woman through his side job working with Instacart, the app that has contract delivery drivers pick up things like groceries for its users. During one of these deliveries, Daniel met a young lady, and they seemed to really hit it off. He was even invited inside for a bit where they hung out. They exchanged phone numbers and they would text back and forth until this woman said that Daniel started acting inappropriately. According to this woman, 
Daniel began showing up at her house uninvited. She would see this happening on her security camera. It happened so frequently that she had to ask him to stay away. Daniel also allegedly told this young woman that he loved her, despite not even really knowing her and only having met her just a few days prior. He also sent an odd text message to her the day before he disappeared. It said, The world can get better, but I'll have to take all the time I can or we can, whatever to name it. I'll either see you again or never see you again. Which, if you think about it, this could be a significant text message or not. You can't really tell the tone and meaning and intention behind this text message. But it is unusual and noteworthy because just the next day, Daniel drove off of his work site never to return. Daniel's father David, who spoke with him on an ongoing weekly basis and felt like he had a pretty good relationship with him, also felt like something was off. Daniel was typically a very happy and upbeat kind of guy, but within the few weeks prior to his disappearance, something seemed to be bothering him. Unfortunately, he never shared with his father exactly what it was, so we don't know. The searches for geologist Daniel Robinson would continue, including four ground searches and two aerial searches, but nothing would be found. Not until almost a month later, on July 19th, a rancher would happen to find Daniel's Jeep crashed in a ravine only a few miles away from his job site that he had left. It was tipped over on the passenger side, and it had significant damage to the body of the vehicle. There were entire pieces of metal that had come off of the Jeep. The sunroof had been kicked out, and both of the airbags had deployed. My family is getting ready to make a big move across the ocean to a place where English isn't the spoken language. This isn't my first rodeo, so I'm making sure I'm fully prepared by learning the language ahead of time. Sure, I know I can use an app once I get there, but you'd be shocked by how much gets lost in translation. I want to talk like a local, which is why I'm excited to use Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn and has been a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, and more. Rosetta Stone helps you to think in the language you're learning using an intuitive process that's designed for long-term retention. Their built-in True Accent feature gives you feedback on your pronunciation so that you're easily understood by native speakers. They have convenient desktop and app options, so you can learn on the go, and they offer a lifetime membership that includes all 25 languages at an incredible value. And now you can save even more with 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Serial Napper listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today.
Sunnier, warmer days are almost here. Why not get a head start on looking and feeling your best this summer by trying something new like Factors No Prep, No Mess meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes. Get a helping hand to meet your wellness goals with Factors chef-crafted meals that include different nutritional options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Healthy meal planning has never looked so good with Factors fresh, never-frozen meals that are also dietitian approved No matter how busy you are, Factor can help kickstart and maintain a new healthy routine by making it easy to enjoy nutritious meals on the go. Plus, you'll never get bored eating the same thing every day because they offer 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. We're talking restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon because eating healthy doesn't have to be boring. Personally, I love not having to overthink what I'm going to eat every single day because that's half the battle. And I don't have to bother with shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. But the best part is, these meals are delicious with ingredients you can trust. Crush your wellness goals this May. Head to factormeals.com slash napper50 and use code napper50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code NAPPER50 at factormeals.com slash NAPPER50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Near the crashed Jeep, investigators would find an orange construction vest, work boots, and jeans that were turned inside out. His wallet, backpack, cell phone, apartment keys, student ID, and laptop were all found with the vehicle. There was also a full case of bottled water that had just been left behind. It's really strange that if Daniel had crashed his Jeep and he was going to walk back to get help, he didn't even bother to bring drinking water with him to get through the hot desert. His cell phone was also left behind, and when they looked at the call history, it became apparent that Daniel didn't even try to phone anyone for help. So did he just kick his way out through the sunroof and then take off wandering into the desert? Maybe he was disoriented, and he didn't realize what he was doing or where he was going. There was no blood found on or around the jeep, and no bullet holes. No evidence at that point to suggest that Daniel had been forced out of the vehicle. So the police, they state that they don't believe this to be a case of foul play. This just didn't sit right with Daniel's father, David, particularly when the collision report came back and noted that the Jeep appeared to have been driven after the airbags had deployed. The data showed that there was about an 11-mile difference from when the airbags deployed and from how far the vehicle had moved. Now, I'm not an expert by any means on car crashes, so personally, I have to rely on those who are. And apparently, sometimes there can be a delay in the data where it does look like the airbags deployed much earlier than the vehicle came to arrest. But this is just a discrepancy that can sometimes show up. The Jeep's speed also increased right before impact, which, according to experts, could indicate that he attempted to drive up the other side of the ravine. 
Also, someone had turned the ignition key at least 40 times after the crash, likely in an attempt to restart the vehicle. David wanted a second opinion, and he decided to hire his own vehicle collision expert, who was also a private detective. According to accident reconstructionist and private investigator Jeff McGrath, quote, This looked like a staged event to me. After the airbags came out, somebody turned that ignition over at least 46 times. There's an additional 11 miles on the car, so that tells me the car was driven around after the crash. His expert's report stated that the damage to the Jeep, it didn't match the terrain of the ravine. There was also some red paint on one of the panels, which indicated that there had been some kind of paint transfer, possibly from another vehicle. The data showed that there was a significant collision that took place somewhere else, and that the Jeep had then been driven after the collision. But there was no way to confirm if it was Daniel who was driving the Jeep prior to or after the crash. But here is what is really interesting about the discovery of this Jeep. According to the rancher who found it on July 23rd, he had visited this same location, which was on his property, earlier just a week prior, and he said that the Jeep was not in the ravine at that time. So was the Jeep moved to the ravine a month after Daniel disappeared, or had this rancher simply missed it during his last visit to the ravine? It was certainly enough for Daniel's family to suspect that something criminal may have happened to him. The private investigator that Daniel's family hired also uncovered the fact that someone had been in Daniel's bedroom after he went missing. Whoever this person was, and they don't know, went through both Daniel's closet and his laptop. His father, David, would say, quote, I was able to get the Tempe Police Department to do forensics on all of my son's electronics from his personal computer to his gaming system. And in that information that I did receive back, someone was in his apartment looking through his computer, searching Google history, just fooling around on his computer. So who was looking through Daniel's things and why? Is there even any significance there? These are all questions that need to be answered. Later, the same month that Daniel's Jeep was recovered, a human skull was found just south of where the Jeep had been found in the ravine. Through testing, it was determined that the skull did not belong to Daniel. Through all of the searches for Daniel that have happened since he has gone missing, more human remains would be found. Seven sets of human remains, actually. None would be a match to Daniel, but this kind of goes to the point of just how easy it is for people to disappear in the desert. I haven't been able to find any updates on those human remains, but hopefully they've been identified and returned to their families to be laid to rest. Unfortunately for Daniel Robinson's family, they still don't have any answers. They've felt like Daniel's missing persons case, it hasn't been treated the way that it should, not by the police and not by the media. Daniel's father, David, has been a really important part of this investigation, and he has jumped in with both feet to try to find out what happened to his son. He shares updates on his website, pleasehelpfinddaniel.com. There he writes, quote, As a father, I will continue to press law enforcement to do everything possible to find my son. 
to utilize the same efforts available that they utilize on others that doesn't look like him. I lost total trust in the police department in charge of his case, so I will be seeking a change in venue. I need the police in charge to give my son's case to a department willing to investigate in the same manner that I see in cases that yield results and answers. While the investigating police force says that there's no evidence to suggest that Daniel was met with foul play, there isn't any evidence to suggest otherwise either. Right now, it is a missing persons investigation until something is found that points to a criminal act. Daniel's family would like to see that changed. They believe the circumstances surrounding his disappearance are so strange that it does warrant the resources that a criminal investigation would bring. They also have a GoFundMe page set up that has raised over $370,000 to date to assist with their own efforts because they're not sitting around and just waiting for answers. Daniel's father posted an update in November of 2023 of what's next in the search for his son. He wrote, number one, I am still investigating, putting timelines, evidence, and motives together to make sense of what was collected thus far. Number two, I will continue my campaign to raise awareness of my son's disappearance to the public by being a part of podcasts, doing news interviews, traveling to events that promote awareness, and sharing Daniel's story on social media platforms. Number three, my flyers distribution program, which has moved tens of thousands of flyers all across this country, must continue. Awareness is always key to finding answers, leads, and resources. Flyers need to be seen in every city and state in this country. Number four, I need to continue storing evidence, DNA, electronic, prosecution, that should be in law enforcement's evidence locker. I have been fighting for over two years to get law enforcement to properly process the evidence that I provided to them, evidence in danger of being lost. I pay monthly bills out of pocket to cover this cost. Resources to pay this cost are not unlimited. It's in jeopardy. Number five, my goal is to continue my presence in Arizona. Keep my boots on the ground. To do this, resources are important. I need to continue my push with law enforcement officials in meetings and the pressure that comes from being present. The collaboration of Arizona state officials has been huge. I am currently speaking with officials who may be able to aid me in my fight for their constituents. I also need to continue collecting evidence in Arizona and following leads as they come. Now, I will have the link to that GoFundMe page in my show notes if you're interested in donating to their search efforts. But one thing I want to really say too, Daniel is, is, is definitely um, not a, a, a person that's uh, depressed and down. Uh, he's high-spirited, have dreams, and, and he's a contributor to society. Daniel's a scientist, very smart, very sharp, and um, we just want him back home. We just want him back here with us. At the time of Daniel's disappearance, he was described as being 5'8 and weighing between 150 and 165 pounds. He has black hair and brown eyes, and he's missing a portion of his right arm, starting at the forearm. Anyone with information on the case is urged to call the police tip line at 
349-6411 or to contact the family at pleasehelpfinddaniel.com. They also have an anonymous tip line on their website. That's it for me tonight. If you want to reach out, you can find me on Facebook at Serial Napper. I also have a Serial Napper true crime discussion group. It's called Serial Society, and I'll have the link in my show notes. You can also just search for that on Facebook. I'd love to chat with you about all the cases that I cover and more. You can find my audio on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. I post all of my episodes in video format over on YouTube, so go check it out. And if you're watching on YouTube, I would love if you can give me a thumbs up and subscribe. Every little bit really does help me. I'm also over on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Serial underscore Napper, and I post things on TikTok, Serial Napper Nick, and that's all one word. Until next time, sweet dreams, stay kind, especially in the comments. Bye. I'm Dean, I'm the dad. I'm Laura, I'm the mom. And I'm Crystalyn, I'm the daughter. And together we are... Family Plot! The Family Plot Podcast, a show where we discuss history, folklore, true crime, and the paranormal. Minus all the oogie bits, we are PG-13. I'm almost 15 now. Don't ruin the commercial. Catch us looking into special topics like the origins of fairy tales, Sherlock Holmes, and the trial of Dr. Hyde and Mr. Swope. Find out who Dad Man Crush is. Or what happens in Krista's corner. But behave you two. So come be a part of the fam. Available on Google, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Family Plot Podcast. Bye!